You are listening to episode 216 of This is Type 1. Today, I'm talking with Casey Parker, author of Devotions on Diabetes, a 30-day journey to anchor your soul about perspective shifts in type 1 diabetes. Casey, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Let's dive right in and have you tell us who you are and the story of your diagnosis. Sure. Yeah, we basically knew nothing about diabetes when I was diagnosed. We had no immediate family or extended family with type 1 and still don't. But my mom was the one who recognized the symptoms when I was about 12 years old. It was the classic stuff, the weight loss, drinking tons of water, feeling super tired, trips to the bathroom all the time. And so she started putting the pieces together and took me into the pediatrician. He checked my blood sugar and confirmed, yeah, you need to head to the nearest children's hospital, which was about two hours away from the small town that I grew up in. And I needed to be treated there. So... I was checked in, got some IV fluids, and my mom and dad and I spent about three days learning like crazy and just starting to wrap our heads around this new diagnosis that caught us completely off guard. So I started managing diabetes with multiple daily injections and did that for at least 10 years and now have been on a pump since then and wear a CGM now as well. So how did your mom recognize the symptoms if there's no family history? Right. No, that's a great question. So she worked in a school and there was a child that was just newly diagnosed and she was aware of what happened. Serendipity sort of. Yes. Yes. It was wonderful that she had that experience realizing that with that child right before I started having those symptoms. Right. And still no, no other people in your family. No one with type one. See, that's the same on mine. I was diagnosed about three years after you in in 95 and Mm -hmm. no other people with type one, but lots of other autoimmune on my dad's side, which is bonkers. Um, Yeah. Like I'll, I'll stick with the diabetes. I don't want any of the other stuff. (laughs) I know. I know. Same. It's like, I have something that I can manage and some days it's harder than others, but okay, I can manage it. So you mentioned a perspective shift in your application. And at first, I want to understand what your perspective was before the shift happened. Yeah. So before the shift, my perspective was, I have diabetes. It's this thing that I have to deal with every hour of every day. And it's just up to me. And that was that was my perspective. It was all my strength, my knowledge, my own everything. And it was all up to me. Not so much when I was 12, obviously. <laughs> I had, had parents that were super helpful, but a lot of it was just, this is all on my shoulders. And the perspective shift happened, if you want to get into that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the perspective shift happened when my diabetes and faith intersected. And so, yeah, that happened like a year ago. And I was in the middle of a bio reading plan with my husband and his sister. And we were reading through the story of the blind man in John chapter 9. And so in that passage, the people around Jesus, his disciples are asking, who sinned to make this man blind? And Jesus says, no, no, there was no sin that caused his blindness. That happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. So God could be glorified through it somehow. Well, that completely flipped my perspective on diabetes entirely. And as I mentioned before, no one has in in my family has type one. 
We had no friends with it at the time. Doctors haven't been able to tell me why I have it. But reading that story, it just, it struck me that God allowed him to be blind so he could be glorified through it. So it made me think, okay, maybe this type one thing has happened to me so that God's power can somehow be seen. Maybe this happened so that God can be glorified in some way. And I just instantly, when I got that idea, I thought, wow, what a different view of the things that I dealt with for 30 years now. And now it's it's just in such a different light to me. And so it was such an encouraging and empowering kind of a thought that I just embraced the idea completely. And so I started thinking about what does it look like to give God glory through a chronic illness? Mm -hmm. How can I use the gifts and skills he's given me in a way that will draw people to him? And how can people see God through this? And so I very quickly got the idea of writing a devotion. So I have a degree in journalism. I have Irish storytelling blood. (laughs) I'm a graphic designer by day. And so I just needed to use what God gave me and the experiences that I had to write devotions. And so when the idea came to me, I started researching to see what was out there. And I really wasn't finding much that was out there already that was diabetes and faith combined. And so I thought, okay, the market isn't saturated at all. There's definitely room for this. And I think a need for this. And so I started blogging about diabetes and faith at the first of this year and published the 30-day devotional book this spring. So I feel like there's like four, it's a four-piece puzzle and you just snapped all the pieces together. Right? Yes. Sometimes just works that way where you say, oh my goodness, I have this experience and I have this gifting and I've got this new idea and it just, it all works. So what's included in the devotion book? So it's called Devotions on Diabetes and the subtitle is A 30-Day Journey to Anchor Your Soul. It's on Amazon, or you can find a link from my website, which is devotionsondiabetes.com. And it's just what it sounds like. It's a 30-day devotional in paperback form. And there are additional readings suggested each day. There are questions to consider, full-page imagery with scripture, room to write thoughts and prayers throughout the book. That's all what's in it. And I wrote this really for anyone dealing with type one, of course, but a lot of it I've been told applies to type two as well. I've had several people with type two read it. And it's definitely for anyone dealing with caring for a child with diabetes as well. Yeah. They're all written really to include something about diabetes every day, whether it's been an experience I've had, a struggle I've gone through, a success that I've had, just those kinds of relatable diabetes things. But every devotion ends with, okay, how do we view this through the lens of the Bible? What scripture can we look to? What story can we review to help us see things in a different way? Or at least identify with someone from the Bible that reminds us we're not alone or finds encouragement through God's promises throughout scripture, that kind of thing. What was your favorite part about writing it? It's funny, I started out writing it thinking, oh my goodness, people need to realize this perspective. And the more I dove into it, it's like, this is therapeutic for me to write. Like I'm going through this thinking, 
of all these experiences that I can turn into devotions. And I'm just digging through God's word and finding things that I'm able to relate. And it was therapeutic to be able to go through that process for myself. And now then, of course, just to hear the feedback from readers is awesome. So many people are thankful and I'm I'm grateful for that. As a writer myself, I'm like, yes, every time somebody says writing is therapy, I'm like, yes, yes. Even writing novels is therapy. You don't just have to write a devotion or journal. You can do whatever, like any type of writing is, is therapy. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So you also write on the blog, the same name. What yeah. do you include there versus what's in the devotion? Yeah. So much of it is the same concept as what's in the book. I post blogs weekly, and so they're not 100% devotion-type content. I've been throwing in some other things. Like lately, I've been doing a Q&A every month, and so I'm finding other people dealing with diabetes, a variety of people. And so I've interviewed like a school nurse that takes care of kiddos at school, and also someone who has had diabetes for about 40 years and now is a diabetes coach. Ooh, Just Can recently. I guess? Yeah, yeah. Is it Lauren Rappaport? No, but I'm going to write her name down. <laughs> she's So she's a guest on episode 204, one oh. of my personal friends. And shout out to Lauren if you're listening. But she's had diabetes for 43 years. So I was like, hmm, oh. coach over 40 years? Is it Lauren? <laughs> no, it, it isn't. It's Melissa Slemp. Okay, I've interviewed her too. <laughs> yes, you have. Yes. But yes, I'm going to have to reach out to Lauren now. Okay. <laughs> Connect with her. That's good. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Just recently, I interviewed a wife whose husband has type 1. And so her perspective on, on being his support and what that looks like. So it's just interesting how diabetes affects everyone so differently. And they're just fun stories to share. So that's kind of the blog side of things. And then I'm working on some new additions to the website as well. They may or may not be up by the time that this airs, but I'm looking at adding in a recipe resource with carb counts and things like that. Lots of pretty yummy pictures and Bible reading plans. I feel like there is a need for that kind of a thing. Like all the things we go through with diabetes, the discouragement, the feeling alone, the I'm at my wits end, I'm at had a frustrating day. Like what can we do to help our thought process in those times? So I just had an idea that you can totally steal, but on the subject of reading plans, I've been reading through the Bible every year for the last Mm -hmm. three or four years. Mm -hmm. And I keep collecting different resources. So I have Strong's Dictionary on on the shelf Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I just was thinking, what if we had some kind of reading plan that's focused on a specific word in either mm-hmm. the Greek or the Hebrew that can be something to pull strength from? Like strength would be a good one to focus oh, on. Or, I love um, that. Or grace, things like that. I love it. And that just popped into my frown. <laughs> yes, I love that. Thank you. I'll have to dig You're welcome. into Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to dig into that when uh, when I start doing those plans. Yeah, it would be great to to be able to to find those. Yeah, I'll um, have to let you know when they're up and give you credit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So your husband is a pastor, right? He is, yeah. He's a discipleship pastor. How has he viewed your whole journey with the devotion and your perspective shift with diabetes? 
Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it was a year ago when this happened. My husband and I have been married since 2011. So, and he was not a pastor. I did not marry a pastor. The man I married became a pastor. So (laughs) that's a whole other podcast. But yes, I'm a pastor's wife. And it's interesting to say that I just found this intersection now because pastor's wife and I've been a Christian for quite a while and have had diabetes for 30 years. So... Sometimes things happen when they need to happen. But yeah, I just connected the two. He has been super, super supportive. He has he read every single devotion that went into the book and had some great suggestions. And he was sort of my theological backbone. <laughs> so I know everything in the book is okay. It's all biblically sound. <laughs> it's like that's awesome having like a pastor be the proofreader. <laughs> Right. Yes. I'll take care of the grammar side. You take care of the, um, is this what you mean? Or is that what you mean? Yeah. What about this example from scripture? Great. I love it. I love it. In the last year then, how have you found diabetes in your faith journey impacting each other? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think just like I said, the, the blind man story in that, in that Bible reading plan that I was in, that's just the perfect example of how God's word is living and active. I had read that story several times, but that day God was teaching me something brand new that I had never considered before. And so I would say that honestly, my faith gives me peace about diabetes and it grounds me, which I mean, that's what an active faith can do in any area of life really. But that's part of why I wrote the book with the angle that I did that God is our anchor. And so when I talk in the book about anchoring your soul, I'm referring to Hebrews 6.19 that says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. I just felt like that speaks volumes to me in terms of diabetes, and maybe it would for someone else too, because diabetes can be so uncertain and so unpredictable and frustrating for sure, exhausting. And it's just a continual, constant daily focus on keeping up with all the changes day to day, exercise, food, insulin, all the great number of things that impact our blood sugar. But that verse in particular, and the ones that lead up to it, in case you want to read those, they just remind me that even though what I face every single day can be completely different from the next, that that Jesus is my anchor, that he's firm and secure. And later in Hebrews, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I can I can turn to verses like these, and there are so many, <laughs> that remind me that my hope isn't in diabetes and the health that can change at any time. And it's not in my own strength, my own endurance. And it's not in the control, air quotes, right? Control that I manage to have. It's in Jesus who's constant and unchanging. And so those kinds of reminders in my faith help me to have peace about diabetes. I feel like this is a great resource for people who feel like God has punished them somehow by giving them diabetes. Yes, it absolutely would be. And I write about it in the book shortly after I was diagnosed. I remember, you know, my mom's getting ready to give my insulin shot. We're getting ready to eat dinner, super normal, normal, 
after diagnosis. And I just remember crying and asking her, why? Like, what did I do? What did I not do? And I remember when I was writing the book, I was asking her a bunch of questions. There's there's a devotion in the book from her perspective, and there's a devotion in the book from my father's perspective as well. But she was was very quick when we were talking just when I was writing this book to say the hospital staff was wonderful in telling me up front, this is not your fault. This is not something you did. You could not have prevented it. This is just something that's happened. And so we're going to equip you to deal with it. So yes, you're right. This would be a great resource for someone who's really struggling through that. Something that I've thought my entire life is that my parents were the right people to have a daughter with type one. Mm, like how so? they were so strong with it. And even though there were the like the rough and bumpy parts, they mm. totally owned it. Like my dad went to diabetes camp with me for 20 years. My oh. mom handled like the fusion site changes and the injections and the in the midnight finger tests, like all without complaint. And I don't think I could have gotten a better pair of parents to be type one parents because they're the real champs. They're like the parents right. of the kids are the yeah. ones who are like they're the ones who are just above and beyond handling things. Yes. Yeah. Insanely well. <laughs> yes. My co-blogger that writes on my site too, every once in a while, she has a young son that has diabetes. And I just, it's one thing to have it yourself and to feel what you feel and know your body, but it's something totally different to parent a child with it because that isn't your body. You're trying to take care of something you don't feel and and know. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, especially since I was two, so I I couldn't yeah. talk and tell them like what I was feeling or what my blood sugar was or what I needed, yes. and so they had to interpret it all. Back Ugh. when there was no CGM, the right. meters were thirty second countdowns, and they required a big fat drop of blood. Yes, yes, <laughs> like the, the patience was on yes. another level back then, for sure. Okay, wow. I had another thing that I wanted to mention that is just so in line with the whole faith thing. A few years ago, I was on a business trip across the country and I had one replacement sensor with me. Mm. That replacement sensor was a bleeder, like a bad bleeder. It barely, barely worked on the actual, actual sensor reader. And my meter that I had brought with me had a very low battery and I had forgotten the charger. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so whole sequence of events was like, oh crap. I might not be able to check my blood sugar for like the next day (laughs) until I get home or however long it was. And so I I like prayed and prayed and overnight my meter got its charge back without the charger. Stop. I'm dead serious. It was insane. I was, I was shocked. I was like, Oh Oh my goodness. That is insane. Uh huh. Story. Miraculous things happen. Oh man. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we did not get to touch on? I think just the idea of feedback. So far, a lot of the feedback that I've gotten from people who started either reading my blog or reading the book is just thank you. I guess basically that gap between diabetes and faith in literature, but it actually goes together so well. I had a beta reader tell me that she'd been looking for a book like this for 13 years. And I just thought, oh my gosh, this is a resource that you've needed. So 
I mean, people have been living with diabetes for a hundred years, right? Insulin was discovered in the 1920s, but there's just not all that many books that connect the two together. So I'm just thrilled to have realized the connection and be able to provide a biblical perspective on diabetes, which doesn't mean that diabetes isn't a challenge or it isn't sad or it isn't exhausting because it is, it absolutely can be. I talk about all those things in the book. I'm very real about it. I don't want to downplay that at all. But even though it's hard, we can still look to God for guidance and for comfort and perspective. And so that's my hope with all of this, that it will help people get into scripture and draw people near to God. That's awesome. And the other thing I would add is just that I love getting feedback and it's encouraging to me. It helps me know that what I'm doing is reaching people and maybe encouraging them in their faith. And so if you do read my book or my blog, (laughs) please reach out to me on my website or Instagram or leave an Amazon review or whatever. And just let me know what you think. I welcome it and would dearly love it. What is the easiest way for people to find you online? Sure. So my blog website is devotionsondiabetes.com. And you can actually download a five-day devotion from the book for free through my website. So check that out. My book is on Amazon and it's Devotions on Diabetes, a 30-day journey to anchor your soul. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at Devotions on Diabetes. So feel free to reach out however you'd like to connect. Awesome. We will link to all of that in the show notes. Thank Thank you. you so much for joining me today. Yes, it's absolutely been a pleasure chatting. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com slash community. I can't wait to see you there.